Welcome everyone to the latest episode of Hailing Frequencies Open. My name is David and I'm joined again by my amazing host, co-hosts, Carrie and Mel. Hello ladies. Hello. Hi. This week we are talking about season one of Next Generation, episode 11 called Haven. This was directed by Richard Compton uh, and written by Tracy Torme. So it opens with the Enterprise D arriving at the planet Haven. Picard is talking about essentially make this, making this planet sound like it's Ryza. There's a lot of mythology around this planet said to like mend souls and repair damage and all this Heal other stuff. Sick, apparently. Uh, Data being Data in season one pretty much just immediately goes, yeah, those are all lies. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Theories, Captain. <laughs> He goes, they're unsupported by facts. And I was like, way to ruin the moment. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But Picard says he still believes that the legends are the spice of the universe, as they sometimes can become true. I like that statement. We then get a weird cut because instead of it making sense, it cuts straight from there to Riker in his quarters. And let me just tell you that my only thought of this is, of course, Riker is in his quarters watching attractive women play hard and sexy gowns and why are they so shiny because it's there's, the future and we love shiny fabric they're, they're in the very future, all of the fabric is going to be shiny your blankets are shiny your sheets are shiny your just, pillows they're just very reflective i will also say everything this, but the starfleet uniform is shiny it's true so yeah it's it's a very on brand moment for him as soon as i saw it i was like of course he is uh he is interrupted in his sexy time by uh Lieutenant Yar, who tells him his presence is requested in the transporter room. Riker being Riker apologizes. Yes. When I saw this <laughs> him and they showed the women, I was like, David, this is what David has been waiting for. This a scene with Riker observing sexy ladies. This is what David has been waiting for. It Except wasn't. he's not in the holodeck. He's in his room. But it's still, a, it's still a holographic image, though, so it kind of works. A little bit. They're just like little holographic ladies that he can't do anything with. He can just watch them. And Lord knows what that program does beyond the playing of the harps. I think the I don't want of the harps was just the beginning of the Computer, show. play Riker Simulation <laughs> Program 3. Now turn it up to 4. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Riker being Riker, he does, he's very polite to them, even though they're just holograms. He goes, sorry, ladies, duty calls. This continues throughout the series. Whenever he talks to anyone he hooks up with, he's genuinely very, he's not a dick. He arrives in the transporter room. He's very confused about what he's needed for. She says that an object is being beamed up to the Enterprise, but no one knows what it is. Then why are we allowing it to be beamed up to the Enterprise? Right? She's security. (laughs) She's supposed to find this shit out before anything gets beamed up. <laughs> the transporter chief says Haven approved the beam up. That doesn't still doesn't answer the question because if that's true, then they should have told them what it is. Correct. So they don't do that. The next thing you see is a box with a face, a silver box with a face, which to its credit creeps out Yar and Riker a great deal. Yar like gets unnaturally close to it, like inspecting it. Then for reasons that are only known to her, Counselor Troy walks into the room. I don't know why. Like nobody asked for her. Yeah. <laughs> 
she asks what's going on, and then the box face comes alive and starts talking. This is a very weird sequence. This is mostly notable for the fact that this is Armin Shimmerman's first appearance on Star Trek, because even though he played a Ferengi in The Last Outpost, uh, this was filmed first. So technically speaking, this is his first appearance. He says he has a message for Troy, that Loxwana and the Honorable Miller family are arriving soon, and essentially she's getting married and he laughs for some reason. I don't know why. This freaks out Yar, which it should have. Uh, mm-hmm. And then a compartment underneath the face opens, spilling jewels, quote unquote, onto the transporter pad. Um, I'm glad that Star Trek has updated some of the practical effects throughout the time period. You couldn't update these, but these jewels are not particularly impressive in any way. They look store-bought and plastic. Oh, they probably were. Oh, I know. But you need to make them so that they don't look that way. But they didn't. Yeah, but they- they didn't, impressed, so. they impressed I mean, I can forgive them for that. They did impress Tasha. They did. Uh, Riker asks who's getting married. Troy says, I am, and he is immediately jealous. Immediately. This is where I might have a rant about him later. <laughs> this is where he, he starts becoming a dick. <laughs> he apparently rules are different for him, which is, I can't say from my own experience, but I can say it from other guys that I know is that rules seem to be different for them in relationships where it's like, oh, I can flirt him on hook up with other people but you can't that's essentially the way that i that i look at this um also it's not actually been implied that they're actually together right now they're not right they're um, not there's this freaking dance that they do throughout the entire series and into the movies they just where it he just it, wants to pork it, when they when whenever he wants and then leave right yeah it's like if it's convenient for me you better be available (laughs) see and i didn't i never thought of it that way i always thought of it as they're doing a dance they're doing a little dance he does his thing she does her thing because it's not like she hasn't she doesn't get into different romances with different men throughout the series right it's just that his are more frequent but we don't Mm -hmm. really know besides the ones that we see what she's doing to me it's always been like in the back of their head they knew that they were going to end up being together but they weren't necessarily ready at this point so they're just seeing other people they're doing their thing but then when you have the finality of of her saying i'm getting married that totally cuts his legs off of him thinking in 10 years i'm gonna marry her well no because if she's marrying somebody else in 10 years she's not gonna be available and also why hasn't she ever told me anything about the fact that she's getting married i also wonder what he thought when she dated Worf. Mm-hmm. he didn't like it i'm sure well it's but it's the <laughs> only person that she ever had a relationship with that he didn't have snide comments about other than in the very last episode knew. of the series because Worf will rip his arms <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right, that's what he's saying. Like, would like, rip his trunk. spine out through his mouth. <laughs> what did you have to say to me? Nothing. It hurts. <laughs> um, exactly. Like, hey, Commander Riker, exactly. walk into my bat left. <laughs> right. Whoops. Exactly. Um, I stabbed you. Um, anyway, so we go to the... Captain, I don't know what happened. He, we were walking, and he just walked into my bath list like 75 times in a row. It was really strange. Put him in a torpedo casing, shoot him out, let's do the funeral. I mean, it would be faster. Um, we'll see. We come back from the title screen. 
Uh, Picard, there, everyone is in, in the ready room because apparently they need to have a long conversation about <laughs> Troy getting Troy. married. And it needs to be a senior staff meeting for whatever reason. Uh, <laughs> that was so weird. <laughs> I will take this opportunity, though, to point out this is an episode. Uh, Worf is not in this episode. But more importantly, Wesley Crusher is not in this episode. <gasps> That's right. So he's in school. That's the dream. He went to school. That's the dream. Uh, He's in school. school. (laughs) Um, Apparently, the script did have lines for them, but they were either given to other people or just cut from the episode. So they have a long meeting about this. They find out that a man named Stephen Miller was her father's closest friend. Picard asks if she'll be staying on the ship along with her soon to be husband, and she says no. This leads to a very weird sequence because Picard still congratulates her and then leaves yeah i would like to point i would like to point something out two things first this is one of two times where they have essentially a senior staff meeting to discuss something that's happening in troy that has nothing to do with anyone else in the room you are not next one yeah the next (laughs) one is really 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 pisses me off and there will be a rant when that when that episode happens is that the child you know yes yeah i already yeah. yeah um yeah they like oh, to yeah. discuss that one pissed Troy's, me off too. They like to distri- discuss, you know, Troy and her decisions and her autonomy, you know, because they're the they're men or whatever. I know there are other women in the room, but like they're not cool. Um also, I think Picard left because in his mind he was thinking, I do not want to be in this room when whatever happens happens cuz something's about to happen and I don't need to be in here. So I'm a, I'm a leave real quick. Peace out. And he just <laughs> yeah. smoothly dismissed himself. So oh, it's yeah. Riker is about to have a hissy fit. It's weird to me because as the captain of the ship, her just leaving because of a marriage pact that you just found out about, that's a separate conversation that you that you as the captain of the ship need to have one-on-one with her at some point but that never happens so it's so it's made to look weird when he's just like oh you're leaving okay that's cool i'm just gonna see myself out (laughs) then uh this leaves Riker and Choi by themselves Riker is very angry uh this is the only the this is the second time and last time that he is called bill i thought i was losing my mind She called him like, Bill. Did she call him Bill? Here's <laughs> the thing. She does call him Bill. And I watched it back like three times because because on the closed caption, it says Will. But then later in the episode, she says Bill and it says Bill in the closed caption. And I was like, she did really say Bill the first time. And that's weird, but whatever. Yeah. yeah. So this is the last time that they call him Bill. Uh, I think that was a good choice. Will works just fine. I, you don't need to call him Bill. No. Um, she there then is a weird conversation where she where he kind of expresses that he's mad about her going to get married to some guy and then she instead of really saying anything she goes well you just want to be a commander of an office command officer of a starship more than anything else in the world captain he wants to cap um he then tells her that's not all he wants in his life and troy goes i can feel that and i'm just like everyone can feel that (laughs) anyone watching this (laughs) sequence is quite aware like oh felt it oh there it is then she then tells Riker to come dance at her wedding i i don't think that's gonna work he says he's he's gonna try 
and he leaves. Data then magically appears. Right? Data magically appears and tells her she has a message from Haven because they want to beam the Miller family aboard the Enterprise. Uh, the and Miller- she says nothing, but she starts tearing up. She's like, oh, I guess so. Because at this point, she does not want to do this. No. no. And that goes to show how much of a douche Will is. Because instead, both opportunities where they were left alone, or where they were where they were seemingly speaking about this in the turbo lift and in Picard's office, both times, she looks horrified. She looks miserable. She looks super unhappy. And he is so full of himself and how mad he is that he doesn't take even a second to register that she is just as equally not happy and upset about it as he is he's it's like pull your head out of your butt he lacks specifically in the first season it becomes better later on but he's in the first season he comes across as very emotionally manipulative specifically of her because he's not having a grown-up conversation with her about this he's just being like i'm just gonna silently be mad in the corner so it's a weird writing choice. Um, in a way, I get it, kind of, because like, there's no alien men. Well, there is kind of, but there's not really an alien menace in this episode, where it's there's not a lot of friction to be had, so you have to kind of ramp it up in some way. I just think it's lazy writing. Mm, yeah. So we cut to the transporter room. Uh, Card is there for reasons. Uh, and the Miller family beams on board. Stephen, Victoria, and their son, Wyatt. Uh, Wyatt has the most 80s hair I've ever seen in a ma- for a man. It's very... There's a lot oh. going on. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He pulls it off just fine, but there's a Pretty lot good. going on. Yeah. Um, he is very shy. Troy introduces himself. Um, he gives her the gift of a chameleon rose, a flower that changes color according to the mood of the individual holding it. That is a really cool idea. Mm-hmm. Like, it is. if that existed, it that would be like awesome. Three times. <laughs> sure does. <laughs> It did. Um, it did. I wonder what all those colors meant. Starts uh, off blue, <laughs> right? When you get a, it's white for it's a while. like when you get a mood ring and you put it on and it changes colors. Then you read the little booklet, like, oh, what does that color mean? She, he needed a booklet right? for the rose. Um, that flower. It looked like it looked like one of those flowers that you get from the skate deck. Oh yeah. <laughs> Remember those flowers? Some of them lit up with like a little battery in it and it lit up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. Yeah. I remember. Um, we are that old people. We went to eight deck. <laughs> they still exist. Um, I mean, I didn't get mine at the because I don't know what that is, but um, I they had them at like fairs and different. Yeah. So um, Troy seems, thanks him for the gift, uh, wonders where her mother is. Wyatt says she's still on Haven. Uh, Victoria, his mom, is doesn't really like Loxana that much. And they has to be taken to her quarters. Uh, Picard says, okay. Um, and he has the Millers escorted out of the transport room. Picard remarks that Wyatt seems like a fine young man. What an interesting statement, being that he's said three whole sentences and none of them were directed at you. <laughs> the art of perception. <laughs> I think Picard 
understands that this is hard for her. I think that's why he's in the transporter room with her. Not only is as the captain does he feel, knowing Picard as we know him now, he probably feels obligated to not only her, the, people, the man that she's going to marry, her mother, um, you know, as somebody who's a senior officer who he works closely with, who he's probably has some kind of weekly meeting with and has gotten to know, um, but also just the simple fact that he can see that she's not happy and he doesn't want her as empty to go through by herself. So he says he seems like a fine young man, just trying to make her feel better about the situation. It's for me, it's just weird from the standpoint of when this was filmed. This was filmed originally supposed to be the third episode of the series. And if you look at the first two episodes of the series, he doesn't ha- has not expressed that to other people so this is a new character trait for him at least from the way that i see it and so it just kind of seemed to come out of left field i don't disagree with what you're saying i think that's definitely what what they're trying to do it just came out of left field for me because there was no like precedent before this because before this he was cranky old captain man but i mean you know you gotta do what you gotta do uh she tells him um, that she is not what he expected. Picard and her are both confused by this, and rightfully so. She says she's something of a surprise to him. Before Troy's mother is being aboard, she does tell the captain her mother's a little eccentric. With that, we get our first appearance of Loxwana Troy, um, and Mr. Hom. She is facing the Mr. back wall. She's facing the back wall of the chamber and wonder where everyone is. She turns around, <laughs> says how much she hates beeping. Uh, Troy and Laksana, however, have a brief argument about speaking out loud and through thought. Uh, Laksana is irritated because she wants to talk to her. Um, she then tele- says, you're the captain. Picard is aware of her abilities. Um, and then she asks Picard to carry her luggage, which leads to a very amusing sequence following this. Uh, Troy, before we get to that, is very is very upset that her mother is demanding the captain do this task. I'm also confused why the captain is doing this task, because I'm fairly certain that's Mr. Hom's job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he does it later, so it's like what is happening? Um, he insists everything is alright. He then tries to pick it up and discovers it weighs nine billion pounds. <laughs> Which leads to a great sequence where Data and LaForge are standing in the hallway and Picard is struggling with this giant bronze suitcase <laughs> carrying it down the hallway. And LaForge, rightfully so, has this very weird look on his face, just like, what is going on right now? <laughs> Absolute um, excitement for the rest of the crew. <laughs> Loxana, as much as I love her and I adore her, she always came off to me like, and she's not old. I mean, she—I don't think if if Troy's if, if Troy's in her twenty, Loxana's probably twenty years older than her. So if Troy's twenty-five or twenty-six, Loxana's only forty-five. So she's not old, but she comes off as someone who was young and beautiful and from an important family who now isn't any of those things. I mean, she's—I mean, she's not ugly and she's not old but she's not the young beautiful who had women who had men chasing her all over the galaxy and and a, you know first she had her her important family and then she had this important starfleet um officer on her arm and now she's just you know whatever just wandering around the galaxy getting on people's nerves but she expects to still be treated like she's like a big to-do 
And most people are like, who are you again? What is happening? To be fair, we do have a lot of evidence throughout the rest of the series and future series that there are still men that will chase her around the world. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm just talking about this one episode. Oh, right. (laughs) I'm not talking about it in the future. I'm just talking about this one episode. It's like, I am up here. The rest of you are down here. And everybody else is like, no, 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 no. We're all the same level. We don't know who you are. Be like, dial it back. (laughs) They they finally get to her quarters. Uh, Picard hopes that she likes them and she calls them adequate. Um, Small, a little small. She tells, then she tells him that he may go. And to Patrick Stewart's credit, he bows, he, he bows and just kind of smirks at her as he leaves the room. Um, she apologizes to, to Troy for the sudden marriage. Um, she says that uh, Stephen Miller tracked her down and reminded her of the vows they'd made many years before. Troy just tells her she's having trouble believing in those vows as she did in the past, but will honor them as she is a Bezoid. She sin- then Wait, says... Now, now she's giving in. Now now she's giving it. This, this, I hate this. I hate was, this so it, much. It was his perm. It was the perm. No. As soon as she saw no, why, it was as, like, as, as soon as she saw hair. his hair, she was just like, oh, I need to run my fingers through it. <laughs> no, no. I think it was her mom. I think it was Loxana saying, I'm sorry, this is not what I wanted. Like, this wasn't something that I wanted, but we're kind of tied into it. And okay, mm-hmm. mom, I get it. This is not something that you wanted. This is not something that I wanted, but the duty that we have. I think if Loxana had come on and been like, oh my, like, had been like Wyatt's parents, like, oh my God, this is going to be the best thing ever. Then it would have been a different thing. But I think seeing her, that her mom was apologetic and it gave her, okay, she just became resigned to this thing and I'm going to make the best out of it now. So what I didn't, what I didn't like is that the fact that she just kind of gave in and she's like, okay, I'll do this because I am Betazoid and it's in our culture to do these things because they were talking about genetic matching for marriage, which is apparently something that they do on Betazoid. But the Millers are human and her father was as human so does that still you know coincide with the betazoid tradition i don't think so so she should be able to get out of this thing uh no matter what and be able to go on her merry way and date whoever she wants to date i just don't like you would think that but also it's because it was her dad's thing she might feel obligated because he's not there she can that's yeah. fair and i think i think them being human and her dad being who broke the deal and being also is probably the reason why Loxana has hadn't given it a second thought because mm. she was probably thinking that these humans these earth people aren't going to follow through with this yeah probably because we we earth people sometimes we don't follow through Fair <laughs> will riker <laughs> i have a very terrible joke for that and i'm just gonna move on um oh <laughs> um at this point, we go to the bridge of the Enterprise, and LaForge reports that a message is coming in from Haven. Uh, appearing on the view screen is Valda Innes, and this is where I got a very amusing closed captioning from this, is because the closed captioning said she was the first electron of Haven, and I was like, really? <laughs> I didn't know you elected particles to political positions, but here we are. Um, <laughs> first electron. I had to watch it again to like really listen to what she said. And I'm like, what did you, um, she's the electorian of Haven. Um, mine said electrine. Electrine. <laughs> yeah. So she's really excited that Picard is there. He's confused. 
uh, there's an incoming vessel that has bypassed their Stargate and violated their laws. She's, Picard says, is it hostile? She goes, well, failure to communicate is inherently hostile. She's not wrong. No, she's um, not wrong. This is when we find out that Haven has no defensive capabilities whatsoever and that their treaty well, that specifies that the Federation must protect them. Okay, fair okay. enough. Uh, so is there like supposed to be a ship or something nearby all the time? Well, the ship is them. Well, I know them now, but if they're not there, who's next? <laughs> so at this point, uh, Troy visits Wyatt in his quarters. Uh, she apologizes for her mother's behavior. Wyatt finds her refreshingly honest um, and respects it. He then spends a while describing himself to her, telling him, telling her she's a, he's a medical doctor. He asks about her mind reading abilities and she says someday they would be able to read each other's thoughts. Um, she tells him she's only felt this way with someone is currently aboard the Enterprise. Uh, he asks if that means he has competition. She says no, because what he really wants is to captain a starship. Based off of her reactions to Riker throughout this episode, uh, I believe she is lying here. Like, it almost seems like she's trying to talk her herself out of it, where she's like, well, he just wants to be a captain. He doesn't want to be with me. And yes, he's being an emotionally manipulative dick in this episode, but it's still, she's still not, like, she's still not being truthful here. He's not. Uh, She's trying to, she's totally trying to tuck herself into it. And also, think about it. If in this scene, she's trying to talk herself out of Riker and into Wyatt. The scene at the at the beginning of the episode where she looks at Riker and says, you want to be a captain. That's your goal. That was her asking him, do you want me more than you want that? And his inability to have an adult conversation torpedoed exactly. that conversation. Exactly. 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 He, do you think that she wouldn't have fought? And she wouldn't have said, no, how do we get mom? I need to get out of this because I'm in love with another man and he loves me. If he had said, that's not my only goal. Right. Mm -hmm. If he had had an actual answer, she wouldn't have been like, okay, we'll do this. She would have said, no, I'm not going to do this. We need to figure out a way out of it. But he didn't. He basically said, no, I don't want you. Well, he was he was half ass. Like okay, he was half ass in his response because he said it's because he said. Because he said that's exactly. not the only Women thing. And she I herself, want. yeah, which is him half-ass saying, right? Yes, I do. Half-ass whole go. answer. <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying half-ass answer was a whole ass answer. No, and I get that. I'm just saying from my right. I'm just saying from my perspective as a man. I was like, wow, yes. you're only halfway answering her question. Like you're not. You're hedging your bets, for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. And then later right. when and she's she talking to her mother, she, Troy says, I wish humans would say what they're thinking. Right. Because you get right. these two different answers. Because of anybody on the ship, she, he's the, he's, he's the one person. She knows what they think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she knows, she knows what he's thinking. She just needs him to say it. Yeah. For sure. And he won't. Well, because when he you, is when they, a man child. Right. Because when they're in, in like the first one. episode, she's talking to him with her mind. And like he talks to her back with his mind. So they're that, yeah. they are that connected. 
still. So I don't understand why they don't um, keep doing that the rest of the time uh, throughout the series. Well, because after about, I think after about season two, they don't really date or aren't really hinted at being together for most of the rest of the series. Like it's brought up from time to time, but never in... It's mostly brought up because Riker is pissed that she's dating some guy or something is happening and he has to white knight ride to her rescue. Mm -hmm. That happens a lot, yeah. Right, but he still has no intention of getting back with her. He's just like, I am shined up my armor, no. and I am coming to rescue you. Mm-hmm. You know, and, mm-hmm. but it yeah. does feel like that a lot of the time. Uh, but also, a lot of the time, it does feel like there's that solid friendship there, and he'll be there as her friend. But there's also the times where he's like, I must ride to your rescue you know kind of thing i just think in this first season he's just not emotionally mature enough for that right now no not yet he definitely grows in emotional maturity as the series as the seasons go on but right now he's right he's no he's he's still young wesley crusher is better at talking to women than he is oh god (laughs) i was about to say well you know the only emotionally mature person on the entire ship is wesley crusher the super child that's right (laughs) I mean, you know, at this point, he's Wyatt says that what all he really wants to do is cure people. Admirable. We then see some amazing pictures of some women that he drew that have the most 80s women's hair I have ever seen. It was big and frizzy and everywhere. Oh, yeah. This is not a criticism. This is me just looking at it, just being like, damn. (laughs) Whoever drew these were really good. For sure. Because drawing drawing faces, that's hard. (laughs) Right. Um, And then when you see later on who they're based off of, it becomes even better because they match that person almost perfectly. Um, oh yeah. Wyatt explains that he's basically had visions of this woman his entire life, um, and he really thought Troy was that woman, uh, but she isn't. He she says she's sorry that he's she's not what he expected, um, but he goes he's honored to be married to her soon. <clears throat> Back on the bridge, uh, Data has gotten an image of the rogue vessel. Uh, in comes a, a silver object with a disco ball on the top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was waiting for the rave music to start when they when they highlighted what it was. Uh, it's traveling at several hours from planet, right? Card <laughs> then says, "Is that the trouble? I believe it is. This is interesting." Uh, Data replies, "It is. It's a trillion starship." Uh, he immediately signals Crusher to come to the bridge, and that the ship must not be permitted to destroy the crew of the Enterprise or Haven. We then go to commercial. Great cliffhanger. Dun, dun, dun. You know, you need to go buy some toothpaste, and once you've done that, you can come back and watch some more. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back, they're now in the observation lounge. They suggest the ship has been damaged, taken ye- all these years to reach Haven from their world. Data explains that the trailer of their homeworld was much like Earth, but hatred outpower powering intelligence. One group of inhabitants unleashed a biological weapon on the other group. As they were at the 20th century level of technology, the virus was deadly and infectious. As all the Trillians were infected with the plague, at that point they began to be hunted down. 
down since they could take the sickness and spread it to other worlds. The last Torellians were believed to have been wiped out by the Alconians eight years earlier. This is an interesting story, I feel, and I'm just not sure that it's ever been explored, really, like what what happened to this, because I think there's an interesting story. Yeah, because I think there's an interesting story to tell, and I just don't think it's ever been explored. Nor has it ever been explored as to what the outcome was of the end of this episode. Like, there's no canon as for what the back end for this was. The Trillions are 13 hours away. He reminds the crew that they're going to protect Haven from the Trillions, asks the senior staff to help him find answers. And he says the voluntary second assignment will be the pre-joining announcement of Troy and Miller. Riker begins to pout and leaves the room. Does not excuse himself. Does not say, hey, Captain, I'm leaving. Tuck's tail. Pissy look on his face. (laughs) And just leave. Yeah, it's... Child. What a child. He he definitely is. At this point, we then see a set that we never see before or see again on Star Trek The Next Generation, which is the formal dining room. They never Ah, use this set again because after this, every diplomatic thing takes place in 10 forward. So it's weird to me that they built this set, but they never use it after this point. Well, they probably just tore it down and repurposed it for something else or were like... It doesn't really go with the aesthetic that we're thinking of. Right. Get rid of it. At this point, Victoria asks Picard if he'll perform the ceremony. He said, sure, as long as both parties request it. Uh, Loxwana freaks out. She says <laughs> that there's going to be a traditional Betazoid marriage ceremony during which all participants are expected to be naked. <laughs> So Lakshana refuses Victoria's request. Mr. Holm will perform ex- the service. <laughs> not experienced in Betazoid <laughs> tradition, so Mr. Holm will conduct it. Uh, the Millers and Troy argue about this. Card Stephen states- says, Mr. Holm can't even speak. And hey. says, well, he's adept at sign language. It's fine. <laughs> to be fair, I would have watched an episode of a Betazoid wedding ceremony with him just doing sign language at the front. Oh, me too. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm in for this. Uh, sign, sign, sign. Picard Ring says the gong. that it's Starfleet tradition that disputes at social gatherings are not permitted. He declares all disagreements resolved. I was amused by this. I was more amused that every that they actually went with it for a little while. Yeah, so was I. Like, okay, fine. Picard raises that. a toast to Deanna and Wyatt, as well as their families. Uh, Mr. Hom, who's been drinking heavily immediately and at first looks like randomly starts banging a gong in the corner which yes which i will say yes takes way too long for anyone there to ask why he's doing that because mm-hmm. he does it yes. like four or five times well, well the starfleet people don't want to seem rude because clearly this is some kind of beta Z thing and they have probably been taught not to question traditions. So just go with it. So none of them are going to say anything. Oh, no. Mm-mm. Right. Everyone's irritated. Uh, Riker excuses himself this time, uh, saying he would like to consider the trailing situation further. And he leaves while staring at Troy. Um, Data is overly fascinated with everything. daggers at Troy. <laughs> true i'm glad they got rid of this version of data though because this version of data is a little overbearing he is incredibly fascinated by every single thing about this he insults mr hom by asking if his lineage is mixed at all with human which leads to a very humorous where mr hom like turns his back on him 
and won't like acknowledge him anymore. <laughs> uh, he's also very interested in their petty squabbles. Loxana and Victoria are continuing to bicker. Loxana then sicks her pet sentient plant on Victoria. <laughs> Which he did ask her if she liked pets, and the lady said yes. It's it's just for so. most of this scene before this happened. I'm watching it, and in my head, I'm going, "Why is she wearing a plant?" And then it's like, "Oh, it's alive, and it's going to attack." Oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> it's um, just the kind of silly, petty thing that Luwaxana would do. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. As this continues, he uh, is above everyone else. <laughs> Troy yells at everybody. Uh, she storms out, knocking over Mr. Hom's chime as she leaves, which I also thought was very funny. She's like, this is stupid. <laughs> um, she finds Riker, who is very much playing the woe is me card as she walks into the holodeck he's just sitting on like a desolate landscape on a rock like it's not anything interesting it's not he's just like i'm just gonna sit in silence listening to space and it's like i mean that is okay sure so this little holodeck program is not the holodeck program i thought he would be running to soothe his depression <laughs> I, I thought he would be running the one with the 15 women from risa exactly <laughs> and he a stress relief massage and then I need someone to cook me a meal and I need another massage and then we all get in a hot tub together. Welcome Chancellor Troy to my orgitorium. <laughs> oh, Home of the biggest orgy that I could possibly <laughs> Orgitorium. New orgitorium. word. New word. <laughs> and she doesn't even like knock. She just waltzes in. Right. Did you want to be alone? You could have been like, hey computer lock the door. <laughs> So two things before we actually talk about anything said in this outfit. Troy's hair is fantastic. Oh, that wig. Oh, that yeah. does look good. Yes. And I'm even normally I would make fun of her outfit. I won't make fun of her outfit in this particular sense because they toned down the shiny. Yeah. They they, they toned down I the mean, they toned down the shiny and she's also not wearing an outfit that she had to be poured into before she could walk in. <laughs> Here's the thing, honestly, her outfit should have been completely over the top. Her outfit should have been something that her mother picked out for her to wear. So it should have been like backless or strappy or something absolutely crazy that her mom picked out for her to wear. And all that would have had to happen was for while Loxana was in, while they were having their conversation in Loxana's quarters, Loxana says, and we brought you a dress to wear for the celebration. And bam, she's in something completely, they could have done anything with her because it, as the bride, she should have looked amazing. Yeah. I think that putting her in just another pantsuit, not good enough. Especially when you look around the table and they show Tasha and they gave her that hair. And I'm yep. not saying that is a bad thing. My I just found, found it funny that her hair looked amazing, but she was still in her uniform. Like she's going to just run back onto uh, the bridge with that hair. Oh, well, you know. No. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think that uh, I think that Beverly and Tasha should have not been in their uniforms. Yeah, it should have been like think, a I mean, I know normal. I know they were ordered to go to the dinner, but I don't think that that would necessarily have taken place while they were all on duty. They also don't have dress uniforms yet because even Riker and Picard are not wearing uniforms that are any nicer than what they normally wear. So right, right. it's I'm glad they finally introduced the whole dress uniform thing because it actually made like you could tell a difference between like you have to dress up for 
for this versus you don't. So then comes another conversation between Troy and Riker. Again, Riker is unwilling to have an adult conversation about this. Um, Troy mentions that because he doesn't call her Mzadi anymore. Uh, he replies that you taught me that word means my beloved. Um, and he implying that the word that no longer is appropriate to use. It's not. They have more conversation in their parting. Troy. <laughs> teach him that term while they were sitting across each other drinking coffee or in a library reading books she taught him that term while they were naked on a beach they weren't naked on a beach they were naked in a field <laughs> they were naked somewhere when she taught him that they were a probably beach, naked a field, in a lot a bed, of places the backseat of a car that's where she taught him that word so considering the connotation of the word and where she taught it to him and what was happening in their relationship at the time no it is not appropriate for him to be calling her my beloved when she She's getting married to somebody else. Fair. Dumb. She but also one of him. Uh huh. You, you men don't know the difference between platonic love and love. love. Uh, I was about to up, say. Troy. Riker then admits that he cannot. Not now. Uh, then because they still don't lock the door. Uh, Wyatt walks in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not sure. Like. Like, this is like the security issues on the original Enterprise, and it's just like, oh, everyone has their own quarters, but people can just come and go as they please, you know? It's not well, <laughs> I'm glad in later seasons they finally hammer that out. <laughs> right? It's not that hard. Just put a it's lock on hard. the door. Um computer secure the door Riker stares at him angrily and leaves without really saying anything actually no again that's after Wyatt says oh this is the guy who wants to be a captain oh yeah that's right because yes yes. (laughs) here's the other thing Wyatt is just as oblivious to Troy as Riker is Mm -hmm. yep and uh, and Wyatt is coming in and he's for someone who's not in love with her someone who thought she was some completely different person and was disappointed he's acting like a real a-hole with her right now he's kind of coming in like a bull in a china shop like you're literally going to be taking her away from her entire life and her career and taking her to god knows where because you conversation before the only thing she knows about you is that you draw pictures of this woman that you've been seeing since childhood and you're a doctor that's it that's literally all she knows about you but you're coming in and she basically told you that she has been in love with this man and you're coming in belittling him like what what what's that gonna get you is that gonna make her like you more like i don't is this a are we having a pissing well, contest because i guarantee you william Riker can wipe the floor with you well apparently it does make her like him more because this all ends with her and him making out um nah, that was- all right well they kiss <laughs> um they although me. this is after wyatt explains to troy that the parents have come to agreement that some of the wedding guests will go naked and some will not the ratio of who was and wasn't going to be naked does seem off to me though because it just was like no it doesn't all right these three people are going to be naked and then everyone else they drew straws if you know if you were paying any attention you had to know that loxana was going to be naked you also had to know that she was going to demand that the the marital couple be naked and then loxana said that wyatt's dad always had lewd thoughts about her so you know he's gonna be like I'm gonna be naked too. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lassana's gonna look at me and see what she's missing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
And his mother, all buttoned up and prim and proper and disgusted by the whole naked thing, is like, I'm not going to be naked. And because they're on a Starfleet ship and most of the people there are going to be Starfleet officers, they're not going to make them be naked just for the fact that those people all work together and they don't need to, not only do they not to be seeing each other naked, they don't need to see the captain naked. So it actually makes sense. It's just, it just, I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. I'm just saying like when he says it out loud, it doesn't make sense because it sounds like the ratios are all weird. The best part of it is he says, I caught my captain, I caught my captain, I caught my dad practicing naked in the nude. In the mirror. What was he practicing? Like what were we standing in his gut? It was the, it was, it was, I'm going to walk her, I'm going to walk around with my gut sucked in as much as possible for as long as possible. And plus, Will Riker has probably already worked his way through all the females in the ship, so he's already seen them naked. So he's good. They're only like three months in. He he needed to break at some point. But um, <laughs> at this point, we so they're kissing on the holodeck. Riker is still brooding somewhere. Picard is facing a hard time because the Trillion ship is not answering their hails. Valid in this context, the Enterprise, and is very freaked out that the plague ship is approaching. And she makes a comment that you do realize that this wonderful world of ours will be turned into a graveyard. You have to take action. Card. He comes up with a solution. She hangs up on him, which I thought he was interesting. And basically, he orders the Enterprise to hold the Trillion vessel with a tractor beam. At this point, they finally decide to talk to him. The leader introduces himself as Ren, explains that there are eight people on the ship who are still alive, and they wish to live their last days on an isolated beach on Haven. First, it's like a garbled thing on the view screen, and then it she appears. Well, they don't know what that sure. means. Troy does. <laughs> Troy does, but the other people don't because what and it's weird because for most of that first sequence it's just a midriff bearing bl- pretty blonde woman mm-hmm. okay who says nothing i have a i i i want to <laughs> i want to make a confession okay i'm first going to say i get it i get the hair and i get the look she is kind of going there she kind of is looking a little bit like glenn close and um Fatal attraction thank you i was gonna say the burn the boy yes. bunny movie She's kind of looking like that. But I never thought that she was attractive. I'm not going to say that she's ugly, but I never thought she was attractive. I just thought it was weird that she's just there. Well, yeah, but still, she's there in her little Mm. midriff with her shoulders out. And it's supposed to be like, oh my God, that's the most beautiful woman ever. That's what they're trying to imply. That's why she's standing there like that. And I'm saying that as a wee child and now as an adult, I'm looking at her like, bitch, you wish. If we put Deanna Troy in that, (laughs) outfit blowing you out of the water (laughs) we could put diana we could put tasha we could put beverly all three of them blowing you out of the water get out of my face you're not wrong (laughs) this is when things get weird so wyatt arrives he's confused and then he's amazed because this beautiful woman that's been in his dreams and thoughts his whole life is there and then it gets weirder because they know who he is Mm mm-hmm and they do a very poor job of explaining any of that. I just don't yep. think they did. They're just like, nope, we've just been invading this random boy's thoughts for his entire life because we can. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Hey, Cad, just much. her. <laughs> he then goes and consults Loxana about her thoughts on this woman who he now sees as real. Before we go into this, I have to talk about Loxana's dress. Hmm. 
the backlist uh, number? Yeah, back the oh, the backlist yeah. that went right down to just oh yeah, right where the butt starts. <laughs> that dress is Yanisha wore at her at the dinner. That dress is oh, that, yeah. that dress is banging. It like, is, like, and Madge Barrett, she had it going on. Yeah, she rocks that dress. Um, Every now, time you, she plays, do you have thoughts on that dress? She wears. Oh, I was like. just I don't have thoughts on the on the dress. The dress was great. Dress was excellent. All I'm going to say is if Loxana Troy was here now, she would say, David, I can't believe you're thinking about me that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She wouldn't say that because she'd be like, I totally understand. Of course, you're thinking about me that way. <laughs> no, um, because she likes to play coy. That's she right. Likes to play coy. She does. Um, he does very indeed. So they have an interesting totally conversation. Um, at this point, uh, Wyatt goes to this accelerates very quickly and is kind of a slipshod ending to the end to this episode. Uh, Wyatt uh, goes and gets a case from sickbay. He then talks to Crusher about getting some stuff together so they could send medical supplies and do some research. Uh, she leaves. He fills a hyperspray with something, puts it in his pocket. Uh, he goes to the transporter room. There. Oh wait, no. He first uh, he first goes to see his parents and Troy. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He tells he he implies that he's doing something. None of them mm-hmm. seem to get it, which is weird. Which is odd because I think Troy gets it. She's sensing something from him where he's like he's not going to come back. Too, but she's not going to bring it up. And his uh, his, no. his parents are still completely clueless. They've been clueless the whole time. They have like his been. dad just wants to see Loxana naked and his mother is just dumb. So he, after putting the stuff on the transporter pad, the transporter chief, for whatever reason, walks over and he incapacitates him with the hypospray and he beams aboard the Trillion vessel. Uh, LaForge notates this, Picard and everybody freak out. Try to get him back, but it's too late. And again, the creepy stalking of him since he was a boy. Uh, while he's been drawing pictures of this woman there's a picture being drawn of him on board that ship weird weird very this is a very weird boy to now (laughs) and again still no explanation about why or what's going on or what the connection is it's just happenstance they're all very excited that he's now there uh the way that the woman that we saw earlier reacts to him uh i would describe she's more than excited she's horny for him like she is like because every time she looks at him, she's looking at him like, why are we still on this view screen? I need to go take off your clothes. I think it's mutual. Oh, I'm not saying it's not. <laughs> I'm just saying that he's doing a better Let job. Let me really give you. Let me really give you this uh, disease that we have now. I have the cure to the disease. It's called. Never mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's in these tiny little boxes I brought. I swear. <laughs> Is that what the kids are calling them now? (laughs) It's all about code. At this point, the ship calls over uh, after Wyatt. We see Wyatt's parents appear on the ship or on the bridge freaking out. Uh, Wyatt explains when he calls over what's going on and that he wants to spend the rest of his life trying to cure them, essentially. And they kind of imply, based off of how hopeful everyone is, that he's going to, which is weird. She knows he will. I know he will. Mm -hmm. Again, it's weird weird everyone is very shocked by this and then within a minute are all like oh okay well you got to do what you got to do what but the truth he in the (laughs) 
five minutes that he's been gone has gotten the trillions to agree not to go to Haven. And so they're going to piss back off into space. At this point, the Enterprise lets them go and the trillions leave to go into space. And the Enterprise warps away from Heaven to, or Haven to continue their mission of exploration. That kind of is the slapdash version of the end of this episode. And I say that, and the reason I chose to describe it that way is because it is that way. Oh, yeah. It's v- the ending of the, like... They spent way too much time on the interpersonal relationships happening around Deanna's wedding. And they didn't have enough time to logically see out the end, which makes sense being that this is only the third episode they did. Mm-hmm. So they're still trying to figure all that out. But the last 10 minutes of this episode are very slapdash. And the acting is fine. It's just that the episode, it's just the writing just isn't what it needed to be. For our final thoughts and opinions on this episode, we're going to go to Carrie first because I know you love this episode. Carrie, I do. What are your final thoughts on this episode and where would you rank it? Oh, most of the time I give certain characters grades as well. <laughs> and I'm going to do this again. Luaxa Troy is one of the best reoccurring characters that comes onto Next Gen and Deep Space Nine. I give her like a 10. Like Magil just hit it out of the park with this character. She got to do so much with it, explore it, everything, because we all know when she was in the original series, she didn't get that much, you know, being Nurse Chapel. So I think this was her just kind of like totally redeeming that. And like, great, I can really go for it with this. And she is just at a 10 all the time being this character. And I love her for that. Always fun when she's on. Uh, Mr. Holm is always fun too, even though he really doesn't ever speak. I mean, at the end of this episode, he's he says, thanks for the drink. And that's it. It's the only time he ever talked. Yep. And that's the only time he ever talked. And everybody's like, what? He can speak. <laughs> like Mel said earlier, he is the MVP of this episode. So I enjoy the, I enjoyed all of the interactions with Luoxana and the Millers and the whole like wedding situation. I did not appreciate, you know, Riker just turning into a man child about the whole situation. And it felt like he was being super possessive and jealous and like, how dare you not tell me this? Uh, what do I do now? Because like, you're my go-to person. And I was like, no, no. It's like you had your chant uh, many years ago, apparently. You fucked that up. And now you have to have some kind of of working relationship and you have to not get your like hormones involved but <sighs> easier said than done with him <laughs> So all and the like the second secondary storyline with the eight Turlian aliens, um, I wish that there was a little bit more backstory with all of that and maybe that they were resolve the issue that they had in this episode. But I know probably because of time they couldn't do that. And we're just assuming that Wyatt will be able to cure these people. We don't know. We don't get to know. I want to know. But other than that, I, I like this episode a lot and i would give it a nine (laughs) okay um mel yo 
final thoughts and rating for this? Um, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. My final thoughts I mean, are it's fine. <laughs> I mean, it is the introduction of Luxana Troy and Mr. It is the introduction of the running gag that Jean-Luc Card is secretly in love or lust with Lux- Luxana Troy, <laughs> which she brings up in every episode. Every time they're together, she brings it up. It's yep. a great running, great running joke. You could see how uncomfortable the captain is. You see the dynamic of Troy and her mother, which is basically any woman and her mother. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> um, and you know, it's just it, it's I like I I think I'm thinking of it as a starting point to bigger and better stories that are told. But you start here. Um, the episode kind of does a 180 three quarters of the way through and then has a rush to the finish line, which I think they could have done a better job if they had integrated the Torellians in sooner. I think that would have been more interesting to play that, to show that dynamic, even if we were just showing more of Wyatt's struggle to decide if he wants to honor this thing that his parents did, like Diana did, or if he, you know, was going to stay with her. I think it would have been a benefit to have a conversation of him saying, that is the woman that I have thought I was going to be with and I want to be with her, but I am willing to stay with you because clearly you made the choice to be willing to to marry me and then them deciding together no we we don't want to do that you go do what you want to do i'll stay here and do what i want to do i think that would have been a, a better telling of the story than him just running basically we told basically the story that was told were were two very selfish and considerate men two very selfish and inconsiderate mothers and diana troy stuck in the middle of all four of them and i think it would have been a better story if it had been a her having more power than she had because she was all in in this story um but you know it is what it is i'm just gonna give it a five because i it could have been better it it left me wanting and also the end like you you said earlier i found myself thinking at the end of the episode well did he save them because we never hear of of them again did he save them and they went and settled on on a um a world somewhere and started a new world a new you know they settled and started a new colony or whatever and he saved them and and now they're a populous planet or you know whatever so you know it is what it is but i give it a five fair enough i don't even know if i'm going to be that generous and give it a five um Loxana is is great. Um, Migel really understood that character from the jump, um, and I think she just made that character better, um, especially when she reappeared in DS9. Her character is amazing. Just the way that it interacts still with all the other characters on that show. She just so understood that character that it really makes it work. There's a whole lot of filler in this episode. As we've mentioned before, the last 10 minutes specifically for me anyway, are just so ham-fisted and just slapped together because they're like, fuck, we need an ending. And the ending isn't really good. It doesn't really do much for me. Picard is not built up enough as a character that his decisions in this episode make a whole lot of sense because at some point as the captain is you'll see like as we see in later episodes he has sit down meetings with people where they're like oh i have to leave for such and such a reason and he's like okay well let's talk about it in this episode he's just like all right whatever <laughs> and it's just like it doesn't work so 
I find this episode unoffensive. Like, I'd watch it again, but it's not something that I can sit here and be like, you, this is required viewing if you're going to get into Star Trek. Like, if you're going to watch Next Generation and you're going to watch them all the way, like, watch it all the way through, great. If I'm going to give you 25 30 episodes to watch, so a couple episodes a season to get you into Star Trek. This is not probably one of them that I would give you. I'll give it a three. It's not terrible. It's not good. But the ending really bottomed it out for me because of the poor writing at the end. I think if the ending had been better, I probably would be up closer to like a five or a six. But because it just doesn't work, it just doesn't work for me. Um, One other note that I will say for this, it's one of the first episodes to be nominated for an Emmy for Outstanding Achievement in Hairstyling. Really? Yes. It was because of Tasha's hair. Yes. Oh, uh, they did wonders. Also, another point to make is the person who wrote this episode, Tracy Torme, and the person who directed this episode, Richard Compton, would later go on to produce and direct another much smaller science fiction series that a lot of people don't remember called Stargate? Sliders. Oh, my mom loves that show. Sliders. Tracy Torme actually co-created Sliders. So, uh, yeah. So there's that. Well, that's Haven for you, everybody. Uh, Good. That's Haven oh, for also, you. Yes. It's called Haven, and we never actually got to see Haven. No. What kind of BS is that? That was disappointing. They should have had the wedding on Haven. Exactly. Exactly. You got, to, you got to see a picture. You got to see whatever it vaguely looked like through the window behind uh, the person in charge. No, definitely wasn't. Um. Well, just think of how long it took them to finally show us Riza. They talked oh, about yeah. it for years, and then it finally went there. Um, so we will leave you with that. Tune in next week, where we are going to review the big goodbye. Holodeck episode! It's going to be fun. And <laughs> until then, keep your hailing frequencies open, and have a good week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.